the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Christ, their faculty incorporate a biblical worldview into every class so that students learn Christ. Their focus in academics and chapel helps train students to love Christ and to make disciples. Their extracurricular activities help students live Christ in the local church, home, and the world. Northside Christian School is now accepting students for in-school learning, preschool through 12th grade. Visit ncslions.org to learn more. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. Well, get ready for a return of the fascination Democrats have with racism and what it is and what it isn't, as we have a Supreme Court vacancy. That news broke yesterday, late in the Bruce Hooley Show, and we will cover the possibilities to succeed Stephen Breyer, who uh, has not yet confirmed that he's leaving the Supreme Court, but apparently told the White House last week that he is, and hey, you talk about a White House in need of a change narrative. Uh, we have one in the Biden administration, and so they couldn't wait to leak it, hoping to get people to stop talking about our weakness on the southern border, our inflation, our supply chain issues, our rampant crime, and oh, yes, Russia and Ukraine. So Breyer is retiring. That was the big panel truck driving around Washington. Breyer, retire. And They wanted him to retire so that Biden could follow through on his campaign promise to name a black female justice to the Supreme Court. Now, this will anger some people. I don't really care because truth is the ultimate defense. But it is just as racist to limit your choices to a particular ethnicity when that ethnicity is black, as it is when that ethnicity would be white or Hispanic or Asian. I do not see how this is not glaringly apparent to all. The Supreme Court strikes me as a pretty important job. I could even argue it's more important than the president of the United States. A president can serve maximum eight years. Two terms in office. A Supreme Court justice can serve a half a century. I know there are eight other justices who can balance that one justice's opinion, but that would be a good debate, would it not? Who's more consequential to the course our nation takes? A Supreme Court justice who serves 40, 50 years or a president? It's not a debate worth having, but I think it is a debate worth having articulating the differences between how the left looks at race and how the right looks at race. 
The right looks at race as an issue that should be acknowledged, but not as one that should advantage anyone over anyone else. Oh, I had a gentleman yesterday who I follow on Twitter because he has been a longtime listener to my radio shows and podcasts, who basically said, uh, you know, it's racist of me to say that it's racist for Biden to pick, or to restrict, rather, his choices for Supreme Court to a black female justice. I joked yesterday that this is quite an opportunity for the Biden administration, which is whole four square behind the idea that transgender women are women. Why don't they just check every intersectionality box and name RuPaul as the next Supreme Court justice? He slash she is black, transgender. Then you could just that's a that's a grand slam Supreme Court justice. No, you don't have to be a lawyer, actually, to be a Supreme Court justice. Uh, So RuPaul, you know, could qualify. And maybe in an era where we elected Donald Trump and where the biggest threats to the Republicans not winning the presidency in 2024 in terms of a Democratic candidate would be celebrity candidates like Oprah Winfrey, Michelle Obama, George Clooney. Maybe we're in an era where we need a black drag queen as a Supreme Court justice. Of course, I'm joking. I wish Biden was joking when he is making no bones about the fact that he's going to name a black woman to the Supreme Court. I'm all for it if that woman is the most qualified candidate. Yes, I think it's important to have the most qualified candidate on the court. But we're just sort of like, as a nation, again comfortable in the boiling water of a blatantly racist statement that we're going to name a black woman. Like, how many qualified people are there in the country who should be considered, who won't be considered at all, because they're not black and they're not a woman? And the viewpoint of the gentleman who angrily came at me on social media yesterday was, Well, there have been many wrongs in the past that must be righted now. And I will acknowledge the first part of that statement, but I am in a different place on the second part of that statement because I think we have laws, in fact, I know we have laws against racial discrimination in all forms, in housing, in hiring, in school admissions. And watch out, Harvard, you're in big trouble over what it appears is a violation of that school admissions standard. We have laws against it. Laws matter. Laws need to be upheld. Laws need to be litigated and upheld. And so I don't believe we need additional additional advantaging now to fix problems from the past because I'd like to know if we're going to do that, if we're going to engage in that. Who determines when the score is tied? Who determines when the scales are balanced? Who determines when enough advantaging makes up for past disadvantaging? Do you think we could possibly ever reach agreement on when the score would be tied? Would the score be tied? Would it be balanced? Would it be even if reparations are paid? 
How responsible are you for slavery? Did your relatives own slaves? No? Are you innocent then of slavery or not? Because you're born white. These are questions that, of course, have no resolution. And I don't like to waste time on things that can't be fairly decided. But there's no doubt Joe Biden's going to hire a black or appoint a black Supreme Court justice. And the three who loom to mind, well, they all are going to be controversial in their own way. Katani Brown Jackson of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, that's supposed to be the AAA level for judges hoping to get to the major leagues of the Supreme Court. She is said to be reliably progressive. The left will love her because she was part of the legal resistance to former President Trump. Another candidate. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about Judge uh, Katani Brown-Jackson, first of all. She blocked a Trump plan to expand the pool of illegal immigrants eligible for fast-track deportations. Oh, boy. She's an open border person. Oh, and by the way, her decision in that matter was overturned on appeal. Yes. Wouldn't that be a standard for someone whose previous rulings haven't been, previous major rulings haven't been overturned on appeal? I would think so. Not in the case of Katani Brown-Jackson. Why? Because she's a black So her past failures won't matter to the Biden administration. What about Justice Leandra Kruger, California Supreme Court? Oh, well, already she leaps to the forefront because she's from California, so she has to be completely sold out to the progressive agenda. Now, she doesn't want to live in Washington. She's twice turned down offers to join the Biden administration, but you can't turn down the September call-up to the Supreme Court. Uh, She is anti-Christian. Oh, boy. Yay. She Now she looks even better to the Biden administration. She was part of a ruling in Hosanna versus Tabor, which would have wiped out, eradicated, the right that a religious organization has to adhere to its religious beliefs in its hiring practices. Yes. She favored blocking, let's say, the Catholic Church from keeping women from being priests. So she would be in favor of the government regulating staffing decisions just like Chipotle, just like Wendy's. That will make her very very attractive to the Biden administration, but not to the Republican senators who will, of course, oppose her on that particular case. Uh, The final one is Judge J. Michelle Childs. Uh, She, unlike the other two, did not come up through the favored Ivy League path, big-time corporate firm path. And she has, I think, a powerful ally in her corner. That is James Clyburn of South Carolina. More than anyone else, Joe Biden owes his presidency to James Clyburn, who saved him on Super Tuesday by coming out and saying, we have to have Joe Biden as president because he's not Bernie Sanders. We have to have him as the Democratic nominee because he's not Bernie Sanders. I think if Jim Clyburn wants Michelle Childs to be on the Supreme Court, she will be on 
the Supreme Court. Never mind that she favored the kind of election funny business that has been since litigated and proven illegal by various courts. She waived a witness signature requirement for absentee ballots cast in South Carolina. Waived a signature verification requirement for absentee ballots in South Carolina. Yeah. Election integrity, eh. It's not really that important not to judge Michelle Childs. The Supreme Court ultimately blocked her order, but that won't matter because Michelle Childs checks all the intersectionality boxes that Joe Biden wants. So those are your candidates. One of them, I am pretty certain, will succeed Stephen Breyer. Uh, I think they'd like to get rid of Kamala and dump her on the Supreme Court. But the problem with putting Kamala on the court is the way she fails up, where would she fail up to after she fails on the Supreme Court? Would you make her Queen of England? I don't know. But that's where we are these days. We are restricting our candidates to a certain race and a certain gender. But that, remember, is not racism. It is always uh, comical to me, but in a uh, perplexing, disgusting, aggravating way, how the left focuses on race and makes everything about race, but then it's the people on the right, conservatives, who are supposedly racist. Uh, The left wants to see life through a racial prism. I think there's no disputing that when you have a president and an administration that says they will restrict the candidates for the open Supreme Court seat, soon to be vacated by Stephen Breyer, only to black female applicants, kind of like vice president. Boy, I hope this works out a little better than the vice presidential choice, because I'm sure the Biden administration would like to jettison Kamala if they could. But everything on the left is viewed through race. It's always viewed through race. And I thought the civil rights movement was about getting us not to see color, not to advantage color in any way, shape, or form. There's a story in the dispatch today that just points out the lunacy of this. And it's about the Columbus Metropolitan Library following along in the footsteps of the Cuyahoga County Library, the Hamilton County Library. Now, Cuyahoga County's in Cleveland. Hamilton County is in Cincinnati. Obviously, the Franklin County Library is here in Columbus. Now, what do you know of those three cities? Are those cities run by Democrats? Yes, they are. Wouldn't it make sense that the people who are running the library system in those areas would be Democrats and would be, you know, trying to advantage minorities and race at every turn in order to right the past wrongs of the terrible American oppressors? Yeah, I would think so. Well, oddly enough, the Columbus Library, Cleveland, Cincinnati, too, are integrating. So far, I think we're okay. Wait a minute, though. They're integrating the African-American fiction collection. So books of Afri- books by African-American authors about African-American life that are works of fiction. They're no longer going to put those books in their own special section. They're just going to file them according to what? Do they still do the Dewey Decimal System? They did back when I was in school. They're just going to put them in the general library population of books. Now... Why is this controversial? I mean, I would think that if I go into the Columbus Library and I'm looking for a book, 
and I'm browsing the shelves. If I see a section, African-American fiction, I'm probably not going to go over there because it's just like I'm thinking, well, that's probably not going to speak to anything relevant in my life, my upbringing, or whatever. The only reason I would go over is if I'm maybe doing a project in that on that particular topic. But I might come across the book if it's mixed in with other books that are in the system. Or I could certainly find that book of African-American fiction if I happen to know the title and went to the computer and typed the title in. It would tell me exactly where it is on what shelf it's on. But there are people who've worked at the library before, and there are, of course, uh, activists who see this integrating African-American fiction with other books in the library as, you guessed it, racist. So now integration is racist. I would certainly argue that putting these books in general circulation of the library is not do, is not done so in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus to hide them? Of course not. You could make that case maybe if you were in an area of Ohio that was not run by Democrats, was not run by progressives. But for that to happen here, I mean, come on. Here's a former Columbus library employee who is black expressing their concern to the dispatch. If the label goes away, I thought labels were bad. I can't keep track. Are labels bad? Is integration good? I thought so. Now I find out no. If the label goes away, then it's no longer visible. And that makes it easier to not have to spend money on it. And, of course, the former employee declined to share their name because of remaining ties to the library. Way to muster up the courage there. Thankfully, this attitude may be changing. I'm encouraged by the comment from 15-year-old Lanaya Jordan. I presume Lanaya is black. Otherwise, I can't imagine why the dispatch would have quoted her because, you know, if you're not black, you're can't possibly have a relative a relevant opinion to this story, given the way the dispatch thinks. But here's what 15-year-old Lanaya Jordan said. I certainly think it'll be easier for readers to find the books that they love. Oh, it does say she is black and lives on the West Side. I'm into fantasy fiction, so I'm not really into America, African-American fiction a lot. I think it'll be a good change. I really don't think it's a big difference. This gives me hope. This gives me hope for the future. This is why our schools and what we do in schools is so important. And it is to continue to stand against this kind of advantaging nonsense. To say, wait a minute, it's racist to advantage a black supreme female Supreme Court nominee, just like it's racist to exclude them because of their race. If the youth of tomorrow thinks like Lanaya Jackson and not like this former Columbus or current Columbus library employee, then maybe we have hope of getting to an era in America where we do just see people as Martin Luther King dreamed, according to the content of their character, not according to the color of their skin. That's the right perspective, and we need to have people who stand for it. Thankfully, there's a 15-year-old on the west side who does. We will talk with independent journalist Jack Windsor next about political issues in the state of Ohio. Can't wait for that. It's next on The Bruce Hooley Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.